0: So we know my stance, <laughs> my stance on STIs by now, um, and that is that we are not a fan. Um, if you do uh, find yourself wondering what I'm, what I'm talking about and you are quite new to me, then um, first of all, thank you for stumbling upon this podcast. I'm not sure how you did it. Um, secondly, so I am living with HIV. Um, and if you don't know what HIV is, it's uh, something that's with you for life, basically. Um, it can be quite fatal if untreated. Um, It's basically something that attacks your immune system and gradually, gradually makes you weaker and weaker, yada, 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 until it gives you a multitude of other symptoms, colds, fevers, flus, pneumonia, um, whatever. They just kind of kill you off. Um, And there's a very dark and complex history associated with HIV and it's been a very strange... um, place that I found myself in, Um, I never expected that I would have a lifelong virus inside me until I died and um, it's definitely something that I was never taught to protect myself on uh, unfortunately and it's a big reason, the main reason um, of why I decided to become um, a sexual health activist and why I spent the majority of the past couple of years of my life talking about my story and talking about my journey and trying to raise a bit of awareness because this can happen to anyone, right? What's happened to me can happen to anyone. Um, to quickly, quickly sum up, I just had the first one-night stand of my life, um, trusted the guy that I was sleeping with when he said we don't need to wear protection, and then, boom, HIV. Um, turns out he knew that he had it, and it was a it was a thing that he knew he was going to be leaving me with, uh, which isn't fun. And, you know, there's a whole separate podcast called What Happened Next, which is about my actual story with HIV. But the resulting thing that I've been left with is that overall, after all this time, is that it's, it's not particularly my fault. And as as much as I take ownership with the fact that I chose that guy to sleep with, first of all, and I chose to trust him, um, I didn't have all the information presented to me. You know, I went in it, I guess, fully aware that he could transmit an, an STI to me. I just didn't do anything that most people don't normally do on your Friday, or Saturday, or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, you know, um, Most people um, are... In some kind of situation, at some point in their lives, where they trust their partner not to give them an STI, and most people have have done that, you know, there's a there's a likelihood that you've trusted in your partner not to give you an STI at some point. Um, it, it really is a, a, a battle of morality because I I've, I've got a lot of slack from it online the past couple of years. I've got a lot of support as well, obviously, but I've had a lot of slack of how on earth could you trust someone you don't know and why didn't you make sure that they were tested beforehand? And my my response to that is how do you how do you how do you test your partner beforehand? You know, like is that feasible? Is it logical? Is it to be trusted? You know, how how often are you really certain of your partner's STI status? And the answer is pretty much almost never. You always have some degree of trust. People in long-term relationships trust their partners not to cheat. People that are dating trust their partners to be honest about their sexual partners. Um, when you sleep with someone for the first time, you trust that they are in charge of their sexual health. And unfortunately, as someone who could very well have uh, won STI bingo, if it was such a thing, um, having an almighty assortment of STIs in the past past couple of years, unfortunately, um, just because every time I do poke my head out from under the rock and say, hey, bro, do you want to smash? Um, turns out I, I choose the ones that are just... They've got STIs and they're not just to tell me about. Um, but, you know, it really, is, it really is one of those things where you shouldn't blame yourself, but you should also do what you can to make sure that you are taking care of things on your side. Um, and that's what we're talking about today, and that is how to protect yourself against STIs and how to look after yourself. Now, call me old-fashioned, but I'm very much in the belief that you should wait and get tested in between every partner. I think it's kind of what you'd expect someone else to do to you and to have the person that you're going to be sleeping with to treat you and to be up to date with their STI status. And so how can you not do the same to them? Um, It's definitely something that I pride myself on and it's definitely something that I pride myself on even more now. Now, as I said, I've never massively been into hookup culture. So I understand the logistical challenge there if you're having multiple partners in one week or a night, yada yada yada. but it's one of those things that you accept the risks if you're going to be participating in things like that. And, you know, you just got to best protect yourself as much as you can. Now, when it comes down to HIV, it's a really interesting thing because I have it, um, but I will never be able to transmit it to a partner for the rest of my life. Now, that is not because of condoms, Um because I don't, I don't really like condoms. In all honesty, I am very much against against condoms and sexual activity, um, greatly and heightened by the fact that I am in, so in charge of my sexual health. Um, definitely, my anti-condom agenda has uh, contributed to the to the chlamydia and gonorrhea that I've had in the past couple of years. Um, but again, I know the risks, I know the risks. I don't like condoms. I don't like condoms at all. I think it's much more intimate, much more special without them. Um, and unless my partner was insistent. I would prefer not to use them. Um, Obviously, I don't have an issue with using them, but if the option is there not to, like I said, I get tested, my partner gets tested. Um, It's just one of those things where I I assume I'm going to be monogamous, I assume they're going to be monogamous. It's not even a conversation to be had. Like, I wouldn't be suggesting condoms if I was going to be having multiple partners. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know when I personally go into a a romantic thing or a dating thing that, you know, while I'm with you, you're going to be the only one. So, like, For you, it's safe to sleep with me without a condom. And it's even safer to sleep with me without a condom now that I have HIV and I'm undetectable and I'm on medication because I take two pills a day and that means that I can never transmit HIV for the rest of my life. And shockingly, statistic-wise, that makes me safer to sleep with than the majority of the population, Um, especially because of my outlook on getting tested in between every partner. You know, it takes... I mean, it didn't take because I was up to date with my sexual health beforehand, but something like this is not going to make you laxy-daisy about your sexual health. Do you know what I mean? If you were on top of something before and something like this happens, you're going to be even more on top of it now. Um and i will say the access to sti testing is probably a little bit easier than it is for the general population um you know I have, a, I have a dedicated specialist clinic for hiv that i can basically pop into anytime and be like i need to just do an sti test and done just is sorted out for me um, and like I said, that's not frequent. So it's not exactly like I'm a massive drain on resources in terms, in terms of... I know that some areas are underfunded with test testing. And I know that especially in Leeds... Um, I don't know if any of you are from Leeds listening. Not that you can answer, but I hope you are. If you are, hello. But... Um, I know that Leeds sexual health is a mess a lot of the time and it basically works the same as a GP surgery where you have to ring up in the morning, but they only have one phone line and you just have to wait your turn, unfortunately. So I, I, the the person that I slept with last year, do you remember I said that I, I, on the last episode maybe, maybe the episode before that, that I dated someone for a week or so last April? um, They were the ones that kind of tried to get me into bed straight away and I eventually just couldn't get it up and it was just a mess. Um, but basically, so they were racing, aching towards my body, right? And they ended up giving me gonorrhea, which was not worth... I mean, nothing's worth gonorrhea because gonorrhea is a horrible, horrible STI to have. Um, but they gave me gonorrhea and that was really annoying. Um, and it took, God, like two weeks for me to get seen Um because I was switching over specialist clinics here. Um, my other one was still in Birmingham, but I was off the books in Birmingham, so I couldn't really go back, and my new system here wasn't updated, and so I went to Lead Sexual Health thinking it was exactly the same as Birmingham, it'd be super simple, and it wasn't. It was it was atrocious. It was I literally had to try and bypass the system, and I eventually got my HIV clinic, the new one, to... First of all, convince them that I was on the system because I was not on the system yet. I was like, I promise you I'm going to be on the system soon. Um, I need you to ring the STI clinic and get me an appointment. And then they did, and then I got an absolute in from the STI clinic because the woman that answered the phone, I remember I stood outside Pratt in Victoria Gate on the phone, and she was like, how did you get this number? This is a, like a, a private number. The public doesn't have this number because obviously the hospital had like done the dialing code and just like handed me over on the phone. Um, I eventually got seen. Eventually got gonorrhea meds, which was beautiful, wonderful. Everything was back to normal. Um, if you're not familiar with gonorrhea, there are a couple of uh, antibiotic-resistant strains going around, so it's not something that is always treatable. Um, symptom-wise, uh, it's it's not nice at all. We're talking a lot of oozy discharge. We're talking a lot of uncomfortability. Like I was going through three or pair, four pairs of boxes a day just because there was just. Gunk leaking from my from my, the head of my dick man it was it was not not a pretty sight at all and it doesn't make you feel sexy it doesn't make you feel empowered when you've got like a little wet boxer short area obviously overnight was a disaster i was going through so much bedding um luckily i do keep a, a couple of extra pairs of bedding on hand but unfortunately i a, a maximum once a week is normally when i change change my bedding um normally every four or five days, you know, to kind of coincide that either the start of the weekend or, like, the beginning of the weekend next week. Do you know what I mean? Like, I normally do it every four or five days. Um, I like to have a a nice, fresh pair of bedding, which is just for me, obviously, because there ain't nobody here. But um, it's nice to treat yourself and look after yourself with things like that. But, yeah, I was not... And especially white sheets at the time. I had white sheets um, and it was not pretty in a morning to look at him. It was absolutely, it was literally like someone had just sneezed all over your bedding. So, first of all, he fancied me at all before this podcast episode. I'm so, so sorry. And I hope you can see this past this. Um, secondly, yeah, gonorrhea, not one to be messy with. Um, you can get jabbed for quite a few things now, Um you can get um, STI protection kind of inbuilt vaccine-wise. I think it's hepatitis you can get a couple of them vac- uh, jabbed for. I'm pretty sure syphilis you can get jabbed for. I think, don't quote me on that one. Again, this whole podcast is educational. I'm in no intent- in way trying to advise you or guide you to do anything at all that you're uncomfortable or unfamiliar with. Um, but I would definitely go to your sexual health clinic and say, what works can I have done? Because I I hadn't had a couple of my my jabs until I got HIV, went for my MRT, and they were like, oh, you can have this, you can have this. I'm pretty sure you can have a... um, What, is it HPV? I'm sure we can have the HPV vaccine, lads who are into lads, because, again, it's a bit more prevalent um than it is normally. Um, And there's also one that has to do with poop. There's also one... There's something that you can get through poop bacteria. Um, and obviously, I don't know why. it's I, I mean, I, I know that straight guys rim too and girls rim too, but obviously, I guess the statistics are more uh, bigger when it comes to boys and boys. Um, but there's definitely one you can get to to kind of foolproof you with rim in, which is a really funny way to describe it. Um, and these are the kind of things that you do once in your lifetime. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a flu jab or like a COVID jab where you have to go back once a year. Um, I do get my flu jabs and I would advise you getting a flu job as well if you can. Even if, if you, if not, if, even if you are not immunocompromised, um, simply because no one likes having the flu and the flu is just a gateway to just feeling crap and all kinds of other things. Um, speaking of, I have had my flu job a few weeks ago and I have got a bit of a, I woke up with a bit of a tickly cough this morning, which wasn't fun. Um, But yeah, so protection, STIs, prevention. Obviously, I would advise condoms for yourself. I am only saying that I don't use condoms because I... First of all, don't have that much sexual encounters and activities. And second of all, when I do, I have the honest upfront conversation with my partner and say, Are the statistics looking likely that we are both sound to not use condoms? You know, it's a discussion to be had. It's definitely something that you need to talk about with your partners. And it's surprising to learn on this journey of opening up and being a sexual health activist that not a lot of people talk about their sexual health with their partners. You know, even. When I've had a up every now and again, because a couple of times it's happened, I'll be honest, it happened once in May um, and it happened once in August. Um, and, you know, it wasn't particularly pally with either of them. It was just a, a chance encounter thing. Um, and even those both times, the conversation was sexual health, sexual health. Obviously, on my end, it's very much like, by the way, I have HIV, I'm undetectable, it's sound, are you cool with that? Are there any questions before we begin? Because, you know, not that I can transmit it, and it's nowhere in any circumstance similar to how I got transmitted HIV, because there is no risk of HIV transmission, but I I still pride myself as being an honest and upfront about my sexual health as possible. I just think it's fair, I just think, you know, it's, it's nice to know who you're sleeping with, and it's safer you feel safer, first of all. It is safer, objectively, but you also feel safer when you have a conversation with your partner about sexual health beforehand. I know that I always feel reassured when someone gives the, the stick that they're in control. And yes, you can give the argument of, but you have HIV, Jay, so no, everyone's not in control. And no, they're not. You know, It's a mutual decision, and it's also an individual decision. You choose what you want to do. Don't let anyone pressure you into not using anything or using anything that you don't want to do. Exactly the same as consent and boundaries and kinks and role play and everything, all, all, all everything under the sun. Do never do anything that you not feel pressured to. You're under no obligation to satisfy or fulfill any obligation to anyone else at all. Um, but it's just one of those things. The more you can talk about it, the better. Because to me, it just reassures me that that person's clear up about themselves, and they also you know are probably talking about it with their other partners which means the chances are that they're actually clued up about it if someone tries to avoid conversation about sexual health with you they're going to avoid it with other people and then you also never know what you are getting into in that scenario i just think i just think emotional intimacy is is hot man and i you know honesty is my kink um Wait, that's there, the other way around. I think honesty is hot. And emotional intimacy is my kink. <laughs> emotional intimacy is definitely my kink. Um, I was listening to a song today. Fuck, what was it called? Let's have a look. Just slightly detour because she was talking. She was singing about kinks and she was talking about how it's really hot. I think it's called Kiss City. Yeah, it's that. It's called Kiss City by Blonde Shell. I think I'm gonna have to look it up on my phone after i finish recording this and look through the lyrics um actually fuck it this is my podcast let's look at let's do this together right now i'm gonna go on my mac kiss city blonde shell lyrics um here we go here we go she says kiss city just me look me in the eye when i'm about to finish kiss city wait for it i think my kink is when you tell me that you think i'm pretty As me Definitely, definitely. But also, it's not emotional intimacy that she said. She said, "Making is when you tell me you're pretty." But that's it's it, it's pretty in a in a more than skin deep sense. She's not saying you think I'm pretty. She's saying you think I'm pretty, like the me that's in this shell, this human body. Do you know what I mean? Like she's saying you think all of me is pretty, not just the surface of what you can see. At least that's why I, I take from it anyway. Um, anyway, I should have a music podcast. Why do I have a music podcast? I've been a music fan all my life, obviously, and music is my first and foremost love. Why do I talk about music more? Um, music's a very personal thing. Like, I love to talk about it by myself. I'm not doing this right now. We're talking about STIs. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've completely lost where I was. It shouldn't be difficult to have a conversation with someone about STIs, and if it is... It's a bit of a red flag and a bit of a, a bit of a thing to take with a, a massive bucket full of salt, if I'm if I'm honest. Now, when it comes to handling test results, I think it's fairly fairly reasonable to assume that at some point in your life you, the listener, are gonna have an STI. Now, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of, it's nothing to be afraid of. And if you can learn anything from my journey with HIV, it's that you can you can overcome it and you can live with it and you can thrive with it. And it definitely doesn't take away from any of your any of the wonder that is you, you know, it doesn't take away from any of your strengths. It doesn't It doesn't just take away, it adds to your experience. In a very strange sense, I'm aware of what I'm saying, and I know I'm not... Be, be wary that I'm not saying it with a very cavalier attitude, as it sounds, but I do believe... That you can you can withstand whatever comes at you, Um, and STIs are no different at all. You know, if you do find yourself with an unprovoked STI, and you're maybe a little bit nervy about approaching the person that gave you it, or maybe you've had multiple partners and you don't know who to who to who gave you it, or who to tell, or how to tell them. Like, it's a very taboo thing. And again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to show you that these things are not taboo. These things happen to everyone, and these things are very. Easily dealt with, very easily dealt with. Now, I know that when it comes to being tested positive for an STI, you can hand your partner's details over to the clinic. Um, and this works in, I'm pretty sure, all clinics, every clinic that I've ever been to. Um, and your clinic will get in touch with the person that you've had sexual activity with and being like, hey, um, just let you know you should probably get tested because you've been exposed to someone who, you, you've had sexual activity with someone who has STI. Yeah. It's, a very, it's a very simple thing. And it is all about looking out for yourself because... The quicker you spot these things, the quicker you can deal with these things and the quicker you don't make anyone else's life worse and don't Don't hinder anyone else's experience with these things, which is why I believe it's so important to get tested in between partners because, you know, especially things like HIV, you know, it takes one time. And with HIV, it can often be too late if you don't get tested, which sounds quite scary, and I'm sorry to bug you out like this, but it can be too late. Now, there is also PrEP as well, um, which has been rolled out on the NHS. I think there are some logistical issues and some supply and demand issues, um, which is just reflective of the NHS as a whole. I don't think it's particularly uh, aimed towards PrEP. Um, But I know that PrEP has been around for a few years now and it's gone through trials. It's been admittedly very safe, very effective. It's like 99 or something percent effective at preventing HIV when used as advised. Um, and it's so affected that they've even started, I think they've even started doing like prep injections now. Again, do not quote me on that at all. That is, this is just conjecture speculation, but I, hold on, let's have a look. I don't want to leave that with a lingering thought for us. Prep injection. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, you can, you can. Injection for HIV prevention, that's crazy injectable PrEP. Otherwise PrEP is just a little blue pill, um, not to be confused with Viagra, um, that can be taken daily um, and it reduces chance of HIV when you are exposed to HIV. Now obviously for hypothetical reasons, let's say someone was taking PrEP and they slept with me, um, obviously, they wouldn't get HIV, but they wouldn't get HIV for two reasons. Number one, they're on PrEP. Number two, I'm undetectable. Let's say someone was not on PrEP, but they slept with me, still wouldn't get HIV. But if they went and slept with someone who's as they didn't know and that person ended up having the HIV and not knowing it and not being undetectable or not being on medication, uh, the person I got it from, they would, they would not get HIV because they're on PrEP. PrEP is just a way to safeguard yourself. It's effectively, you know, a way for you to put the trust in yourself because as much as you can put a trust in a partner, sometimes it doesn't always work out. PrEP is a surefire way to safeguard yourself against HIV infection when used appropriately and as advised and continuously. So I would advise anyone that's having any sexual activity to look into PrEP because I think it was 2021 um, it was released that... um, For the first time ever, more people in the UK that got HIV that year um, got it through um, heterosexual means rather than boys sleeping with boys, which is crazy, really. And it's a horrible number and it's a really, it's not a nice thing at all, you know, kind of packing so many HIV infections into one statistic, but it's very representative of the fact that HIV was never... A gay disease, and it was never something that just affected gay people. And it's very still something that we need to be looking out of, and especially for people that maybe uh, bisexual or don't want to label their sexuality or don't know um, what you know how their sexuality is playing out. Um, it's one of those things that you're even less likely to have access to this kind of education because, again, a lot of the unfortunate education that we have is outdated and misguided, and kind of gives the impression that. You only need to worry about certain things if you're a certain demographic. And so, you know, the, the sad reality is that a lot of people that are being affected with HIV um, from that demographic, that's cystic, um, are just exactly like me, not aware that it was even a thing. And if it doesn't get through to me, how is it going to get through to them, you know? And so tell people to get on PrEP. This was Shields and Swords, I think I named it, which was a funny kind of STI pun like protection, do you know what I mean? Like armor, chink chink. Um, in association with I Play Safe. Um, episode five of the Raw Podcast. Now, I play Safe are a verified and secure way to share your STI status. I've been on their radar and they've been on my radar for oh god about a year and a half now. Um and even in that time, they've done phenomenal work. They've really started to expand into all sorts of sti and sexual health education you know they've gone way beyond just being an app that you download to show you and, a, and with a, with a badge to show your partners of your sti status and a home testing kit like they do all sorts of events and um youtube content i genuinely kind of cannot recommend more going to iplaysafe.app and having a look at what they do bye